Welcome to Ghosts and Grit. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to Ghosts and Grit. On this episode, I'm joined by my co-host from Portals to Hell, Katrina Weidman. We do a deep dive into our investigation of Bobby Mackey's music world. Uh, This episode, when we shot it, was wild. We had a lot of crazy things happen actually during the investigation and then after. Both her and I actually believe something followed us home. If you haven't seen Portals to Hell, please go check it out on the Discovery Plus app or on Travel Channel. This episode is Season 1, Episode 2, Bobby Mackey's Music World. Alrighty, how's it going? It is Jack Osborne. And Katrina Weidman. Um, Alright, uh, Katrina, what episode are we doing next? Oh, I am so excited. You guys, this one you want to buckle up for because this is one of the most infamously haunted places in America. Bobby Mackey's Music World. In, uh, of all places, Wilder, Kentucky. It's, it's a wild day we're about to have. It's, it's so interesting. Um, do you remember when, uh, for some this always pops into my head whenever anyone says Bobby Mackey's, is that for a while on Portals, we kept coming up with what would the porno name be for each episode? <laughs> yes. Do you remember what Bobby Mackey's were? Oh, man, I don't. What was it? It was Bobby Mackey's Basement Butt Stuff. <laughs> 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 Such a good one. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm glad people are listening to this because I think they actually can get a sense of how fucked up our sense of humor is. We have a really fucked up sense of humor, guys. And we've said it a bunch of times, I think, in press, but nobody believes us. No. <laughs> um, all right. So Bobby Mackey's. This place uh, is a thing of legend, I guess. And uh, what was your experience with Bobby Mackey's before we investigated that? So I had always heard of Bobby Mackey's. And what I had heard was that if you go to Bobby Mackey's, you're going to have the quote Bobby Mackey experience, which is normally like getting thrown up against the wall by a demon, getting the shit scratched out of you and you walk out of there a completely changed person. Yeah. You know, these are the stories I had always heard. And so the first time I went, I went for another show I worked on called Paranormal Lockdown. And the premise of that show was we were we would kind of confine ourselves to the property for 72 hours. Mm. Right. Like, who wants to do that? So (laughs) I feel like you would have got a fungal infection being there for 72 hours. I may or may not have. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, so we went there. And I got to tell you, I did not have the Bobby Mackey experience. We had things happen, but it was nothing I mean, no demon came. I didn't get scratched. Like mm-hmm. nobody got thrown up against the wall. So all of these stories I had heard prior to you and I going and my experience, they didn't seem to match up. Not to say that other people's experiences weren't true. Yeah. They just weren't mine. So when I found out we were going for portals, I was like, cool. Like <laughs> this yeah. should be fun. Round, like, round two. Round two. I'll see Bobby. He's a great guy. Um, so I was excited to go back. He's a great mullet. He's Great mullet. He's actually, he's ridden the mullet wave back into fashion. (laughs) (laughs) He's been, he's ridden that like peak and valley like four times now. He's like, I'm sticking with it. Yes. Because at some point it's going to come back. Committed. Yeah. Hats off to him. So what had you heard prior to going there? So I'd only heard kind of like what you were saying, like the the kind of salacious stuff about mm. Bobby Mackey's. Oh, there's a there's a portal in the basement, and there's a you know, it's a you know, demonic entities everywhere, and same thing. People get violently attacked and thrown, and kind of wild response to the place. And so I was I was excited, and and I knew that going into this investigation, we were going to bring uh, Cindy Kaza along for the ride, and and. 
I had not done uh, an investigation with Cindy. She'd been a friend of mine for a long time. We hadn't investigated yet, though. And so I was excited, being like, okay, this is going to be cool. Like, you know, this is, you know, the Alaskan episode felt a bit, uh, it felt, well, it was like the pilot. And yeah. so we didn't, we, and with this one, a few weeks had passed and like, we were like, all right, we know what we're doing now. Um, so it was, uh, I was just excited. I wanted to kind of get stuck in and, you know. There's nothing of you that was a little nervous to go. I think what actually made me the most nervous, and this is kind of fast forwarding a bit, was when we met with the priest. Oh yeah. He, uh, yeah, he kind of freaked me out. He was like, "Oh no, it's it's you know when a man with the with the white collar is telling you like <laughs> beware of demons, like I've seen The Exorcist, all right. <laughs> I need an old priest and a young priest." Um, yeah, it was it was weird, yeah. very weird, um, and it it kind of I got a little spooked. Yeah, it's um, Bobby Mackey's definitely has a lot of foreshadowing. So what I guess for people who don't know about Bobby Mackey's, what do you know of the history? You know, the hard history is that the original building was built there in 1850 and it was a slaughterhouse. Mm. Um, at some point that was torn down, but the original wells are still there. And uh, that's what, you know, we'll go into that later with, you know, Carl Lawson, who was the caretaker of the place. But um, it was a couple of different establishments. Like uh, it was an inn at one point. It was the Primrose, which was owned by mobsters. So it's always kind of had a little bit of a seedier history, depending, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, regardless if it was Bobby Mackey's or not. Um, in 78, Bobby Mackey takes over, turns it into the honky tonk. And he's been there ever since. Um, there's been some weird history about uh, Pearl Bryan. Uh, she was a murder victim. Everyone attributes her story um, to the haunting because the legend was they found her head in the well. But the true story of Pearl O'Brien was she was actually murdered like two to four miles away from Bobby Mackey's. Um, she was murdered by, it's hard to say if both people were involved or if it was just one person. But um, th as the story goes, it was her boyfriend and a guy he kind of enlisted. Mm. Now, the guy he kind of enlisted was noted to be uh, slower. So the cops at the time didn't think he was capable of putting this all together. And as the story goes, she was pregnant. Um, her boyfriend did not want her to have a child, tried to induce a bunch of abortions. They didn't work. He tried to kill her by giving her like cocaine. Didn't work. So then they murdered her and um, decapitated her. And so the story had a, you know, evolved to they threw her head in the well. And that's part of why Bobby Mackey's is so haunted. So then we have Bobby Mackey's taking Bobby Mackey taking over in 78, though, and turning it into a honky tonk. He has his caretaker. And this is kind of where the hauntings start to kick up or at least become widely known because his caretaker, Carl Lawson, mm -hmm. starts having these crazy experiences where he's seen this woman with long, dark hair who's telling him to look for the well. And wouldn't you know it? He finds a freaking well. He like digs up the floor, the concrete floor, and finds a well under it. Didn't oh, didn't Carl wasn't he didn't he also like say that he would hear like hundreds of people in the bar below him and then he would come down yeah. and there'd be no one there? Yeah, well you had the interview with the guide, so I missed a lot yes. of what she said about Carl. What do you remember? I remember her uh, well, I remember her saying how like obsessed with the bar Carl was. Mm. And even when he was like sick and they were like, no, Carl, you got to leave. He'd be like, no, I must stay. Um, And he literally, as I recall, he he died on the property, didn't he? Uh, I don't, he died in 2012. I know that. 
I think it, I'm just trying to remember because it was so long ago now. But um, yeah, it was. You know, I always like like I always say. You know, any ghost guide or ghost, you know, the in-house ghost hunter, you always kind of have to be like, all right, because obviously the more haunted they are, the more they have a job. Yeah. So it's it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, you have to kind of take it with a grain of salt. But she she was didn't seem kooky. You know, she was very credible. She was very um yeah she just seemed like a normal woman when you watch back the episode that was my takeaway about her too she seemed very level-headed because even you asked one point about carl you're in his apartment and she starts telling the story of johanna which is not backed up by fact in any way shape or form as far as did this person actually exist yeah and I love that she put that caveat in there yeah. of we don't actually have anything to back this up. Yeah. But what we do have is Carl did find a well when the spirit was telling him there's a well. Yeah. There's something to that. Yeah. You know, it's like, is that, okay, what is that? Is that, you know, some kind of divine, you know, mm. is he getting some message from the other side? Is he... Yeah. Maybe subconsciously he heard something about a well. Like you don't know. You yeah. Know? But he, there was a very like he. They did describe. I remember them describing that he became obsessed with digging, like and finding this well. That is very much like the Sir of Echoes. Yeah. I wonder if they got the idea for Sir of Echoes from Carl Lawson. I wonder. I mean, time period similar. Yeah. He, um, <clears throat> it's interesting because I think. Well, actually, what is your takeaway about it? With the with Carl with Carl yeah. Yeah, obviously, having not known, didn't know the guy, um, only kind of knew about what was kind of relayed second and third hand. You know, I could, I've been to enough locations that have been, you know, allegedly haunted to know that the the, the caretakers kind of, it becomes almost a part of their identity as well. Mm. And so I wonder if, you know, he was having these experiences, whether, you know, what whatever one's opinion is of the paranormal, whether it's psychological, whether it's, some, you know, a spiritual event, whatever it is, you can, it, it can give people purpose. I could see, I've seen how it, 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 knowing or feeling or thinking that there's some kind of paranormal event at a location you happen to live at and work at, it, it it's... It awakens people in a way, and it gives people this fuel. Mm. I see it all the time, and I'm sure you have too. It's yeah. like it's it's really weird. Yeah. <clears throat> so you think that's what was going on with Carl a little bit? Yeah, I think it probably gave him a, a huge, you know, gave him purpose and gave him a sense of like, you know, because for me, it ta- when I when I'm in like ghost hunting mode, because when I you know when I'm not working. I kind of shut it off. I don't. Yeah. I don't read ghosts. I don't watch ghost stuff. I just kind of, you know, I, in Hall- always because we're filming during Halloween. But I always get into the horror, you know, yeah. the, the the season. Um, but I put up a wall because it kind of hurts my head. Yes. It's it's so because you because you're questioning. You're constantly questioning reality. Yep. And even like I do, I do believe that there is something, a hundred percent. I just don't know definitively what it is. Yeah. And I can see that if you're living in a place 24-7 and that is highly active and there possibly is good stuff there and there's possibly bad stuff there, it it could it makes you question everything. I think the 
most interesting thing about Carl, regardless of what people think the supernatural is or isn't, or what was going on in the bar, whether it was psychological or even, you know, there's some wonky EMF going on there. And there's some scientists that believe EMF can make you think you're having supernatural experiences. But regardless, I go back to what the tour guide told you. It doesn't matter because he still found this freaking well under concrete and a ghost was telling him. So it's yeah. something happened to this man. What is the genesis of that? I don't know. Yeah. But something happened. Yeah. He didn't just, I mean, it's a, that's a hell of a coincidence to just have a thought about digging. There's a well there and then you dig and you find a well there. And also Bobby Mackey's, it's hard to tell on camera, but that basement is freaking huge. Mm-hmm. I don't I'm not good at square footage. Are you good at I would I would say it's probably easily because it's kind of like a barn. Yeah. Because you could like park a car under there because it's built into the side of a hill. Yeah. So it's I would say it's well over twenty five hundred square feet with all the little rooms down there. It's enormous. So yeah. to find that exact spot. Yeah. I I mean, I don't know, demon, psychic energy, something happened to that man. Have you ever had any kind of psychic messages come through for, for things for you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. What's, what's, <laughs> been, what's been the thing that like jumps, comes out to you like first and like, yeah. The weirdest one was, um, I'm, I'm not going to say the name because I don't want people to go and look them up, but it was 07 or 08. And I, God, it's not so hippy dippy because I was like, I was meditating really heavily at the time. But <laughs> like I was, I was like getting into meditation. And um, I'm a very sleepy girl. So like, <laughs> like, I love sleep. So when I would meditate, I'd fall into these like really deep, intense sleeps. And I would wake up with these dreams that I had. And, um, oh, which brings me to another one. I'll tell you another one, which is crazy. And I actually don't know if I should say it. Ah, fuck it, I'll say it. But uh, the first one, I'll tell you. Fell asleep, had this dream, and it was, I was in this town, and it was lined with cars. There were cars everywhere. And there was this mom and her two daughters. And the mom came up to me, and she's like, will you take a picture of me and my daughter? I was like, sure. And she just kind of got next to the one daughter, and the the other daughter was left out of the picture. I was like, don't you want your other daughter in there? And she's like, how dare you? My daughter is dead. (sighs) And the daughter who was being left out turned to me and said, please tell my mom I'm not foolish. Tell her I'm not foolish. I woke up and I could not shake this dream. It was stuck in my head. So I Googled because I got the name. And I had another name um, that I thought was her last name. I Googled those two things and it came up that a young girl named the other name I got was not a last name. It was the county in which she died, had died because she hit a parked car and she had died. I think it was only a couple months before I had that dream. Wow. That one really shook me and I stopped meditating. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. They were going to put the pause button on that one. The other one, this is really fucked up. I was dating. I wasn't always the best in my choices of dating people. (laughs) I had some emotional issues I had to work through before I found my husband. But um, I was dating this guy and I knew he was lying to me. I just knew it. But he would not tell me the truth. And I was I was like so stubborn at that time in my life where like 
I'm not going to break up with you until I get the truth. You know, that's how <laughs> fucking crazy I was. So I was like, I'm going to catch him. <laughs> this is so fucked up, but I swear to God, it's true. I had a dream of what his password was to his social media. And you and and it was right. <gasps> that's crazy. And I found all these messages to strippers. <laughs> okay. So you had so a type. I had it. Yeah, I guess so. Um, so uh, that was that. But that was yeah. I've I mean, and it continues to this day where I'll dream of my friends that are pregnant who they don't know they're pregnant. Mm -hmm. Two weeks later, they find out they're pregnant. Um, dreams of people dying. That actually just happened. Uh, two, I had two dreams and then things happened to people mm. uh, like th within the last month that's wow. happened. Okay. So because there's a thought of like dreams that come true, people are like, well, then you you change your behavior to make them come true, which I'm on like, so like if you dream you're going to fail a test, then you might start changing your behavior and you'll fail that test. Mm -hmm. But like things like pregnancy, I'm not involved in that with other people. Like I'm yeah. not like in the bedroom with them, you know, or somebody dying or somebody getting sick. That's that's out of your control. Yeah. So I really do think there's something to ESP. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I I agree. I've had I've had weird, not nearly as like in, intense as that, but like I've had weird things like that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's and but like the funny thing is, I think it happens more often than not. People experience mm. this way more often than they will sometimes even acknowledge. Yeah. Um, and so then you start getting into like the whole quantum, like, you know, what timeline are we on? Is this, is, is this reality actually a simulation? Yeah. Is this a, you know, is this game been coded before and we're just playing it out? Like, what is it? Oh, yeah. we could go down a whole oh, rabbit hole with this one. Well, and that's the thing too, which I get so people tell me all the time. They're like, "Oh, you don't actually believe in ghosts, you da 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 da." And it it because ghost is such a loaded question. Yeah. And we, you know, you and I have had deep conversations about it. And I just the, my quick answer I tell people is, I just don't think it's what we think it is. Same. It's just it's too it's too complicated. It's like it's like going up to an ant and being like, "Explain." calculus to me an ant is gonna have no concept of calculus watch it though you find an ant who's like actually <laughs> has a little calculator right. and like a protractor <laughs> breaking it all down you're like that's the answer um but yeah it's it's i don't and and part of me thinks like maybe we're not ever meant to know so it's, it's so then do you fall more into the category of this is it is supernatural in some way. Sort of. Yeah. I guess a, a part of me would 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 fall on that, but then when I start kind of poking holes in that, I go, is it only supernatural because we don't understand it? And the moment mm -hmm. you understand mm -hmm. something, it's no longer supernatural, it's just if it becomes fact. I think we put a lot of human qualities yes. on the experiences and historically and anthropologically anthropologically yeah Anthrop which word is right anthropologically Anth anthropologically i'll go with it yeah, yeah yeah that sounds right um when we start looking at people's experiences like hundreds of years ago thousands of years ago it was you know we in the absence of data we fill in the holes yes and so i 
you know, when we when we look at people who had gods and goddesses for every phenomenon that there was, it wasn't that they weren't experiencing something. They just never understood what was behind the phenomena. And I think that's kind of where we are with a lot of this stuff that is currently unexplainable. Mm-hmm. We we just don't know. So we put these human qualities on it. Yeah. And I and I tend to, you know, I always say that. I'm always like you know, I use the term ghost and haunting as a catch-all. Yeah. For, it, it's my, it's just a, it's an easy stamp on an unexplainable event. And I think that's also, we get a lot of questions with this for portals. And it's funny that, you know, I mean, it definitely feeds into Bobby Mackey's with the word demon. Because I, I know I've done a lot of podcasts. You've done podcasts. We've done press together where we get that question about, oh, is it a demon? Yeah. And then you and I have to go into, well, we say demon because... If I say it or if you say it, we know exactly what each other is talking. Like, we know what we're talking about yeah. if we use that phrase, um, which is just normally people say it as something inhuman, negative, intelligent. Mm-hmm. And, it, and then it's also that, you know, for me, I always say, like, demon is a there's a there's a deeply religious connotation behind it. Yeah. Because it's kind of a, it's it's heavily associated with kind of Judeo-Christian beliefs and um and you know you can you can argue though that like hey you know the catholic church is just a rebranded paganism yeah. <laughs> you know like there's a lot of pagan rituals that the yeah. catholic church continue you know has practiced for well truth be told probably 4000 years yeah um you know they everything so it's um I then wonder like, okay, like maybe there is something to demons because of the deep knowledge that that kind of religious organization has of the past and of spirituality going back before, you know, when all people could do was sit around and think. There was no distraction. When you when you would ponder on spirituality and faith, you know, you would, a lot of interesting thoughts came out of that because yeah. there was no screens, there was no radio, there was no play. I mean, it was it was really, um, you know, you were deep in meditation and, and a lot of cool things happen as as you can say. As you know. I can attest to, yeah. you get passwords. But the, uh, <laughs> but, you know, and, and, the, and the funny thing too, we should probably address too, is we often would get a lot of people asking us about portals, portals, Oh my portals. God, so much, yeah. And, I, you know, we should, I, I kind of want to go into that, how we came up with the name yeah. Portals to Hell. So originally, Portals to Hell was a paranormal caving show. <laughs> like the first concept was essentially investigating like subterranean caverns and caves and mines that were allegedly haunted and it was going to be called hell holes <laughs> um and we evolved past that when we realized well there's really not a whole lot of like you know hell holes <laughs> like it's going to be a really short series like maybe you know you maybe get 10 episodes out of this um and then in you know talking with the the good folks at travel um it became portals to hell and the whole point was we were going to go investigate th- the scariest, most sinister places we could find um, because at the time in 2017, 18, you know, portals was like the very hot button word in, mm. in the paranormal world. So it's kind of, and it, we we named it portals to hell initially because we wanted it to be like, hey, we're, we're, we're taking the viewer through a portal to like this crazy place we're going. It was never, we never 
it was never about like we're hunting for portals. Right. And people would always be like, well, there's no portal there. And yeah. I was like, because it's just a fucking name. <laughs> okay. It's a good name. We're not you actually can't... looking for portals. <laughs> <laughs> well, if Rick and Morty was here, it would be great. <laughs> anyway, back to Bobby Mackey's. Bobby Mackey's. Um, they, they were adamant there was a portal there. So, but also everybody we spoke to, like mm-hmm. not just the staff or volunteers yeah. at Bobby Mackey. We did that whole uh, witness roundtable thing, yeah. which I love doing, by the oh, way. Oh, that's so much fun. Yeah. And every single person rose their hand for, is there a portal? Oh, yeah. It's it's like a that it's funny when when we started putting the show together, Bobby Mackey's was like the first place that came up about mm. a paranormal portal. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe there is. There's something at Bobby's because I, I'll tell you, I met with that guy, Dan Smith, who uh, he would not meet us at the location. Yeah. Refused. And I've met witnesses before who are like that. And, you know, sometimes they're they're like, oh, no, they're a little hesitant, but they'll eventually go back. This guy, adamant, never step in foot. And he was a ghost hunter. So. I guess maybe I like I had never met him before. And again, skeptical Katrina. I'm I always kind of have my guard up uh, where I'm like, maybe this is for clout. It was not. This guy yeah. was 100 percent genuine. I I absolutely believe what he's telling me as far as his his experiences go. And the way he put it to me is that going there completely derailed his life. Mm. Absolutely affected him negatively to the point where he was suicidal. And what's interesting about that, it's actually how I got into counseling. It was like 80% of the reason I started volunteering because when I was working on Paranormal State, I would uh, I was interviewing all the clients. And uh, so many people would tell me that they were suicidal or homicidal oh, wow. from the paranormal activity they were having in their house. Mm. So what Dan was describing wasn't all too uncommon, although it's jarring. Yeah. But... Um, just but it's also interesting that he's not the only person that has been to Bobby Mackey's that has that story yeah like it's not just I don't think this is a case of hysteria with people I really think there's something going on there yeah and it's you can't have that many like it's got to be thousands of people have investigated there at this point yeah um you can't have that many people all saying it's something without there being something yeah our experience, though, unfortunately, wasn't necessarily exactly how people kind of said. It makes me wonder, though. So let's take the Catholic view of of Bobby Mackey's, the Christian view, which is that there is a demon there. There is an infestation. So they wouldn't necessarily want to show themselves because if they did, we might have the power to remove them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we might come back with reinforcements. And we've got cameras. We totally have cameras. It's, oh, it's paranormal cops. That's what it is. Yeah. And um, so, you know, and what Bishop Long was telling us, there's the steps to uh, the demonic where it starts with infestation, moves to um, oppression. Some people put in obsession before that, then possession, then perfect possession. And so, you know, if we're taking that view of it, they might, I kind of feel like they would sidestep us, mm. not want to reveal, which is curious because then you and I end up in the ER on the same day. Yeah. Just a couple, what was it, like 
48, 72 hours after we left yep. Bobby Mackey's, we had this experience, mm-hmm. which is totally, again, looking through the Catholic lens, that's how they would operate. Yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, I, I ended up in the ER because my daughter randomly busted her head open, like yeah. totally random on a swing and just hit her head. Um, You had like a weird little freak. Yes. Like, so it was so weird how it happened. And they didn't show the whole thing in the episode at the end. Um, and I think originally they weren't even going to show no. show it. And we were like, guys, this is really actually effed up because what are the yeah. chances of this happening? And so the whole story is I was at home. Um, I'm on the East Coast. Jack's on the West Coast. It's probably like two something in the afternoon on the East Coast. I was uh, doing my aerobics and in my house and I tripped on one of my dog's chew toys mm. and heard like three cracks in my ankle. Oof. And I was like, fuck, I broke my ankle. And my asshole neighbor that I lived above at the time um, heard me screaming and didn't come and help me. <laughs> like, like, so I'm like on my floor screaming. So it, Philly. <laughs> yes, yeah, so Philly. And um, no, no, actually Philly. We, li- we lived outside of Philly. Philly people would have helped me. <laughs> she left me writhing in pain. Um, and uh, so I called my husband. I'm like, you have to come home. I think I broke my ankle. So he comes home. We lived across the street from the hospital. So we go to the hospital. Luckily, it was just a sprain, but I was in the ER. And when I got home, I I think I texted you right away. Mm-hmm. And no, no, no. I When I got home, I checked my Facebook messages. And I had a message from a friend of mine who's a psychic. I had met him one time. He had no idea what I was working on because it was season one. I wasn't telling people. Like, I don't, yeah. I keep my projects close to my chest for the most part until it everything's out and we can talk about things. And so nobody knew what I was working on. And he sent me a message and he said, I don't know what you're doing. He's like, but something followed you home and it's not good. Like it's dark, it's negative. Like you need to be careful. And the time code of his message was the time I sprained my ankle. Wow. Like, so as he's rating me this, I'm like on my floor, you know, screaming for my neighbor who like didn't help me. (laughs) And then um, I texted you and I was like, did anything weird happen to you today? And you're like, nope, everything's fine. And then a couple hours later, you text me back. And you said, actually, I was in the ER today. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, yeah, because my daughter busted her head. And it was it was the evening for me. But then about a day later, I went to see a friend of mine who was visiting ta- in town. And he was with a, uh, a girl that he was dating who was is not a... Um, kind of a vocal medium like she's kind of got has has something and just kind of keeps it to herself um and i met them out whatever and she my buddy connected me he's like hey she wants to tell you something connected us through text and she's like hey something followed you i don't know what you're doing same exact same message i don't know what it is you're doing but you have some kind of an attachment um, and I just think it's so strange that, Bo, you know, we'd investigated Bobby Mackey's. It wasn't particularly crazy. You know, we we had some some things happen, some strange, you know, Malmeda readings and, you know, a few bumps and bangs. And, um, you know, Cindy's, which we'll get into, Cindy's psychic sweep was pretty profound. Um, but it it definitely shook me up. And then there's the stuff that didn't even make it into the edit at what happened with the production manager on the oh, set. Oh, yeah. Yep. And this, I mean, and this is where like things got got really weird. So, you know, besides having that, 
you know, Katrina and I having that event you know, independently of each other. Um, we had a production manager who was a very much a skeptic of the paranormal. And he went down into the basement and we only know he did this because there were the stationary cameras that were recording. And we saw this after the fact. He went down to the basement and was like, I think this is all bullshit. Just saying this out to just opening himself up to the room and verbally said, I think this is all bullshit. If you're real, if you're real, if anything's really here, come at me, bro. <laughs> like, I dare you come at me. Within a couple hours, he had to be removed from set because he felt like he said that he said that there was fire burning under his skin. He couldn't be there. He was like freaking out. He went red. He was like, I can't be here. I can't be here. I have to leave. I have. And he literally left. And we didn't see him for like 24 hours till like 24 hours later. Um, that was interesting. That And like I wanted that to play, but we couldn't use it because we we ended up replacing him mm. on the show. Um, and there was like an issue with like, oh, we didn't want to go to him to get a release because he kind of left on oh, bad okay. terms. That's why we ended up removing the whole thing because we didn't want to have like a fuzzed out face just for credibility reasons because it's like, well, that could have been anyone. Right, yeah. Um, so it was a, uh, you know, between, you know, when you when you break it all down from what happened with you and I, what happened with the production manager, and then with Cindy's psychic sweep. yeah. There's something to that place. Which I think, Cindy, it wasn't in the episode either, but I think at one point, didn't she say, I think she said it to Elaine, like, you're going to break your ankle. Mm. Something, yeah. There was something about an ankle in yeah. her reading when we were upstairs in Carl Lawson's apartment. Mm -hmm. But she said it to Elaine, who was our showrunner. And I, I mean, just from working with psychics for so long, sometimes they get their wires crossed or they interpret their messages wrong. Yeah. So I wonder if that was a message to me that she thought maybe it was for Elaine. Yeah, yeah. Now, Cindy, you know, we've since worked with Cindy a ton. Um, you had never worked with Cindy at that point. I had, that was my first time meeting her. Yeah, um, and Cindy, I had worked with from like a producing standpoint because I tried to make a TV show about her and being a psychic and a medium and all that um, in the past. But um, I gotta say like right off the bat, I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Like it was, she was so spot on. And I, you know, once again, being a skeptic, I'm like, all right, who, who told her? Right. Who told her this, that, and the other? Cause she, she knew things about, I mean, listen, when you're flying into Cincinnati, Ohio, right? That's the only information we, we, we give our psychics. We tell them, here's a flight, here's the city you're going into. That's it. We'll have someone pick you up. They don't even know the location of the hotel. They don't know the location we're investigating. They don't know. So like theoretically, we could have just investigated somewhere in Cincinnati, Ohio. We're in Kentucky, which is about an hour and a bit drive from, from Cincinnati. But um, she had so many things that were so spot on that it just, it was wild. Yeah. Yeah. And I had the same thought you did of like who tipped her off. Yeah. Because she was so on the money about so many things yeah um but since working with cindy i she's consistently proven herself mm -hmm. um she's the real deal yeah so, there's like two, i mean like my two favorite mediums ever is michelle belanger and cindy kaza that's what i say too yeah they are so they're they're on a different level yeah 100 because they get so much detail mm -hmm. same with chris fleming when we yeah. worked with him yes. like he's really good at historical mm -hmm. locations 
Yeah. Because he just goes to another time period. I don't know what happens to him, but he pulls out so much detail about historical places. Yeah. Who was the, we only have a with him a couple of times. Who was the gentleman that had the Ouija board? Remember that? Oh, Tim Shaw. Tim Shaw. My buddy yeah. Tim Shaw. He's Tim. so good. Yeah. Tim's yes. great. Yeah. That's been like, I've always been, I was always kind of like, eh, about Ouija boards, but yeah. the times that we've done a Ouija with him, I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. Like that thing just flies around and you're like, you would feel if someone's pulling it. No, totally. I, there's, uh, and I think a lot of times with Ouija boards, they look at it um, as it's very similar to like dowsing rods. Mm -hmm. It's the practitioner yeah. who makes it, I don't want to say makes it happen because it sounds like they're faking it. It's not. But it's it's like the same way of you need a certain person's energy yeah, to kind to of activate it. it. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're like a battery. Um, so Cindy did, she was doing, um, uh, uh, what's it called? The writing. Um, oh, automatic writing. Automatic writing. writing. Yes. Um, had, you, had you had any experience with automatic writing before that investigation? Not in the way that we, I don't think we ever had a psychic do it to get information. I know I've worked with clients in the past who claim that yeah. they could do it, but I, I don't think I've ever actually seen someone do it except for Cindy. Yeah. It's the, I think what stands out to me the most is that when she's doing it, how fast she does yes. it. Yes. Yeah. Like for me, if I'm writing something from the time it comes to my head to get to the tip of my finger while I'm writing, like there's a delay. Yeah. There's no fucking delay with her. She's like those old school printers that would just <laughs> rant, 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 rant. Ching. <laughs> yeah. It just like, I mean, and pages and pages and pages. Yeah. And also detailed. Yeah. Like so detailed to the story. And we know the story. We know um, the facts that we're looking at. And she's able to pull them right out from those writings. Um, I, I was very impressed with Cindy. Yeah. We definitely get spoiled doing, you know, when you do paranormal investigations like we do, we get spoiled just because of the locations we go to and like the mediums and researchers we have. Yeah. It's um, it's interesting because there's a drawback to the shows sometimes, I think, with the paranormal because yeah. it's you are in such a limited time. Mm -hmm. uh, you have such limited time at locations and, you know, it's you're kind of popping in and out and you... I, you know, I wonder how how much justice we can do a place because of that. But at the same time, because you have a budget behind things, you're able to bring out people like Michelle, like Cindy, mm -hmm. um, and incredible researchers, incredible scientists that you can talk to. So it's you know, and I know it's a little bit of a give and take that way when you're working in TV for it. Yeah. Do you do you have any pre investigation rituals? I uh, I sleep a lot and. I avoid things because <laughs> I get stressed out. So I'm like, I just need to watch a lot of TV and sleep. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> like I, I do the same shit. Like I, you know, I just, I don't, yeah, you kind of hold, because it, they're really long days. Yeah. People like, it, it's, you don't see it, but like we're, we're 12, 13 hours on set and it's like, and for us, it's like, go, you have to, I don't want to use the word perform, but like we have to deliver. We we have to deliver ultimately. Yeah. That's the term because we if we're just kind of like tied and burnt out, like there's there's boring. Well, it's also we do on Portals to Hell. We do OTFs, which are on the flies, mm -hmm. and those are the interviews you guys see us do, where they kind of pull us aside and they're like, "Jack, what's happening right now?" And 
it's always so funny to do it for a paranormal show, actually any interview for a paranormal show, because it's like you're trying to put parameters on something that doesn't have parameters. Mm -hmm. And I find just even trying to come up with some sort of conclusion is tiring. Totally. Because I'm like, I I don't have all these answers, guys. Yeah. Like, um, but it is like, yeah, before, uh, before we would go out for a shoot, it was just really whole, whole up in my house. And, not talk to anybody for a couple of days. Yeah. And and it's also, we're going to really cold buildings because we would always shoot starting like late summer mm-hmm. into the winter. And a lot of these places don't have electricity or heat. Yeah. And um, so we were always freezing and long hours. And it's also, we're hearing the most horrible stories. Oh my God. Yeah. And, <laughs> that, and that takes a toll. It's like, we're not dealing with happy subject matters. And it's, Mm-mm. I mean- day in and day out of like death and sadness and loss and you know gruesome murders and it's just like oh man it just like weighs on you it's too much for me (laughs) right (laughs) um the yeah i mean and do you you know having had attachments or you know believe that you've had attachments do you do like smudging when you go home and stuff um only if it's a special occasion, like a birthday. Yeah. (laughs) No, kidding. (laughs) Birthday bar mitzvah, weddings. Birthday stage. Um, no, I, I've only done it two or three times. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't. Did I ever do it for portals? I don't know that I've ever done it for portals. Mm. Have you done it? Yeah, I've done it. A, I've done it a few times um, during season season two. That was the COVID season. Um, I started having really intense shit happen around home. At your home, that's yeah. right. Yeah, like really fucking wild. Like seeing like the old lady, like the old hag in my room and like Ari, my fiance was seeing this like cloaked figure. And so it was, um, I, st- I was doing it a bit then and I kind of now I just, I do it like at the end of a season. Mm. Like I'll just, you know, a quick little, you know, sage, sage, whatever, <laughs> you know, salt bath or something. Yeah. Um, Just, you know, so nothing comes home to the kids. It's so did you do it after Bobby Mackey's? Uh, I did it after Bobby Mackey's after the, the, the medium friend of mine called and was like, hey, she came over with some like sage and, you know. You just jogged my memory. I did too. I actually had that psychic that reached out to me um, when I talked to you. And then you were like, this psychic reached out to me. I'm like, oh my God, a psychic reached out to me too. What the hell? I contacted him. I told him what happened. And he said he could do a clearing of me remotely. Mm. So we like scheduled a time where he, from his home, I think he lives in Ohio. Uh, where he, Always Ohio. Always Ohio. He cleared me that way. And, and you know, I don't know, but he was like, there's some sticky stuff attached to you that I had to remove. Okay. I was like, okay. I, I, I must say, I was... I recall being a little disappointed because mm. I, I was expecting, you know, exorcist meets, you know, freaking Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Like yeah. I, I wanted like, you know, Shakti Ma Kali Ma and, <laughs> you know, I wanted the whole the whole thing. And it just didn't it didn't quite hit for me. But I I do think what you were saying, there's some there's something to the fact that, OK, if this if there's a this is a demonic entity that is highly intelligent, kind of all-knowing, is thousands of years old. It's not going to want to show its hand to a, a professional camera crew. Or a ghost hunter, yeah. like unless they're alone and vulnerable. Because that's the thing, like 
So when we have our crew, there's a benefit for sure for having a crew. But I also think it makes you less vulnerable. Yeah. And for entities that have that kind of power, that have that kind of knowledge, the way they want to target you is when you're vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's that's sometimes why you guys might see us ask everybody to step out just to see if it changes anything. But I think Bobby Mackey's is one of those places. And um, when I was there before, I actually slept in the middle of the dance floor oh. by myself one night. And it was really effing scary, you know, because it's there's a feel there. And I don't know how to describe It's so hard to put that into context because it's so subjective yeah but it is very much that feeling that you're in danger Mm -hmm. that you're not safe something is not okay and i remember feeling that at bobby mackey's when i slept over um and it's different in a group at the same time though i've met a lot of people that have gone there in groups who have been again thrown up against walls or ended up with scratches when they're with people and then putting on the Catholic lens, somebody would say those people are vulnerable for some reason. Those yeah. people are being targeted for some reason. Hmm. Very interesting. Because, they're, they're, I mean, I I ran into people recently. I was in, uh, I was actually back in Cincinnati. I was doing a convention and all these people were coming up to me. Oh, we were just at Bobby Mackey's. It's still crazy. It's worse mm-hmm. than ever. And I guess apparently um, Someone was recently killed in the parking lot. What? Yeah. So like that that place is collecting more souls. <laughs> Let's rewind that. Wait, <laughs> what I, happened I guess with that? There was some altercation and someone got shot in the parking lot. But that's happened a few times there, I think. Yeah. I remember when we were there, they were like, oh, yeah, there's been shootouts here. Yeah. And, you know, it's uh, that place has, um, aside from having some mysterious portal, has definitely had uh, its fair share of tragedies just by the fact that it's a uh, kind of a rough bar. Yeah, even before uh, Mackie took over, there was uh, in between the mobsters owning it and um, Bobby, there was another uh, establishment there. I think I think it was called Hard Rock Cafe, but it wasn't the chain. <laughs> it wasn't, although. <laughs> Hard Rock with a Q. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but they were known for like the violence that yeah. happened there. Wow. So then I, I think a lot of people would wonder then the question is, is there something on that property that causes people to act? To lose it. In violent ways. Yeah. Possibly. I can tell you that I was violently sleepy from because <laughs> a little a little behind the scenes when we were uh, filming that episode, uh, the production manager who tried to entice Satan uh, ordered uh, for our crew meal um, Olive Garden. Yeah. Don't, here's a here's a little like pro tip. When you're doing night shoots, don't feed everyone giant bowls of pasta and endless breadsticks because you get really fucking tired. We also had soup and salad. We did. <laughs> but I don't think many people ate much of the soup and or salad. <laughs> it was like, oh, <laughs> seafood pasta in Kentucky. This is going to be a great idea. Because <laughs> um, I was watching it and I saw one point, I just, my eyes are just like, Bleh. but I, I do fall asleep a lot while filming. You do get sleepy. You're a sleepy do, boy. I do get sleepy. I've fallen asleep. Like, I think I get drained though. Oh, like psychically? Yeah, I think I get like energetically and psychically drained. I actually think, and I've, I've told you this before, but I do think you're more sensitive than you're willing to admit. I don't know. I've, I, because I so want to be. I'm like, I want to see sh- more shit than I've seen. Yeah. But uh, I do have, it's always like everyone, it's always when you're not really 
focusing does stuff happen but i also think you have that side of you and it's it's that cop side of you mm. of i need to be objective i need to be alert yeah i need to be aware and i think all those those are all important things to have as an investigator for sure i think psychically then it kind of like it keeps you that way yeah. instead of this way yeah it's like Luke putting on the the helmet, the, yeah. the blast shield. Yeah, yeah. So you can't, you know, you gotta you gotta feel the force. <laughs> um, all righty. I'm trying to think. Is there anything else that we're missing from? I think. Well, what did you think of the episode overall? Like, take away the investigation. How, did you think the episode matched our experiences? I, I. It's funny. I watching back the kind of first season. I really noticed that there was like a, a rawness. There was a kind of mm. like a, and I, and I always joke, this is like one of my favorite like joking lines, but there's like a childlike sense of wonder. Yeah. Like we, we, we didn't have like a, uh, like a crazy agenda. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it was very much um, Scooby-Doo-ish. Yeah. A, but scary. Yeah. It wasn't campy. Like no. season one was very scary. And I love that about season one. Yeah. It just has a very creepy vibe that it, Oh, we we can't end this without talking about the fucking bloodletting ritual. Oh, how did we miss How that? did we forget about that? <laughs> Let's dive in. That was and then we used the lum, the luminol from the police department to actually we saw the blood in there or yeah. what was, you know, most likely organic, you know, material. Yeah. <laughs> um that was weird. I met him. You what? I met him. What? <laughs> How did you meet Mr. Bloodletter? I, I met, well, it was um, Bloodcon. Bloodcon, <laughs> Bloodcon 2019. Um, <laughs> it was no, I met him at a conference actually. Wow! And he was he lives in my area. We live like I think half an hour from each other, and he's actually really really nice. He was such a sweet person, and he came up to me. He, him and his girlfriend or his fiance, it was I can't remember, but uh, they were both like, "Hi, it's so nice to meet you," and he's like. I was the one in the well, like bloodletting. I was like, oh shit. Okay. okay. In my mind, he's a goth kid. <laughs> That's what I made. I, I pictured like a goth kid. He modeled himself after the crow. No, he's very, uh, I don't know if, I mean, he wasn't like a polo wearing, yeah. you know, kind of guy, but t shirt, jean kind of guy. Just a normal um, Joe. Normal guy. Yeah. Um, clean, clean. Like mm -hmm. he wasn't like, you know, uh, he wasn't wearing, like, there was no like goth makeup or anything like like clean shaven and all that stuff like that. Um, and he was very, very nice. He was such a gentleman. And he was like, yeah, I, I'm the one you were talking about. And <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> in that episode, I was like, oh, I'm like, well, how did that go down exactly? And his whole thing was, look, I, I know he's like, I'm just trying to push the boundaries. Like what? Like, why can't I do that? Yeah. And. So I understand it from that perspective, but at the same time, I'm like, because you're like cutting yourself in a hole <laughs> like, with a Ouija board. I don't know. Every horror movie tells you not to do that. Right. So but um, I guess his point is, but why? But why? Like, because there's yeah. no, so it goes back to that thing of why are we putting parameters on something that by definition doesn't have parameters? Yeah. You know, it only has parameters once we get into cultural and religious beliefs. Mm-hmm. But if those don't exist or if those aren't accurate or if those aren't true, then maybe we're missing everything by following yeah. that. But I think, too, there's always that piece of me. And I we even talked about it in the episode. There's always that side of me because I've worked with people like Lorraine or because I've seen the shit that I've seen. 
where it becomes that question of, but what if? Mm. What if all those people are right? What if that religion is right? What if, you know, the person who's claiming to get possessed actually is fucking possessed? Yeah. And then where does that leave me going through life? Yeah. It, it just, I always kind of have a little bit of a hesitation of do I really want to open that door? Did Lorraine, because you work with the Warrens. Yeah. Well, um, Lorraine, I never met Ed. Okay. Yeah. So with working with Lorraine, was she a hundred percent like, nope, without a doubt, this is real. Mm-hmm. Demons are real. It, they're not real. Like, you know, the Catholic Church is right. Like mm-hmm. she was a, a through and through believer. Through and through. Um, but the thing to remember about the Warrens is they were religious demonologists. Mm-hmm. So anything you would hear them say is going to come through that filter. Yeah. Their beliefs filter through that. So, you know, I think for me, I kind of take it with a grain of salt. But when I've had really intense experiences, like the, the one that really fucking shook me was uh, I was working in England in Pontefract. Do you know where that is? No. It's outside of Yorkshire. Okay. Um. And they had a, a really horrible, bloody battle on this land. And I got scratched there. And what came flooding to my mind in that moment was Lorraine's voice. Because, again, I have like my little objective Katrina glasses on. And I'm like, there's got to be a reason for this. But then I think of Lorraine. And I hear her voice in my head telling me, once they know you, they'll always know you. Mm. Once you've been marked, you've been marked. Once, like, you know, all this creepy shit that she yeah. would say to me. <laughs> Just like, Jesus Christ. So it, it, that sticks with me because, again, here, like, you know, you and I try to be objective as much as we can. I think we do a really good job of that. And I think also because, again, cop background. And I, I volunteer for crisis counseling. So that is very much about being objective and yeah. being present and trying not to go wild with your imagination. But at the same time, I'm like, here we are trying to put these objective parameters on things. And maybe we're wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, you know, we'll find out one day. (laughs) One day. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Do you, because that is pretty fascinating, though, like that that you got to have that much time with with Lorraine. Yeah. And like in in working with her and her kind of sharing that knowledge with you and then you doing paranormal state which was very heavily focused on kind of you know at least the show anyway it came across a lot about you know it was demonology and mm. it was a very kind of had a heavy catholic kind of lens to a lot of the investigations or at least the episodes that i saw yeah. um do you think you've ever actually encountered a demonic entity like nope that's a demon and you know which one i yeah, I think so. I think there were a couple. Um, and again, a demon's just a label. So I think, yes, too, there was something very powerful and negative at work with a couple of clients we mm. had. Because there was one client, he had something like, I think he dropped out of a school. Like he didn't even finish high school. And this guy would black out and start speaking other languages. Oh, shit. And um, I was not there for this one part, but everyone saw Michelle. Michelle was there. She wears this very long trench coat. Everyone saw her coat get pulled up. When Heather and I were there one night alone, um, the door, it was like somebody put their whole body weight up against this door. We were the only ones in the house. Uh, We heard very clear footsteps. They were recorded. 
um, the things that we were told personally, because that's the thing, like the demonic, it's not so, those hauntings aren't so in your face, like the chair moved and this happened. It's, it works on such a psychological and emotional level for people. Um, and it happens slowly. Like it's not an overnight thing. It's, it's such a slow thing that happens because, and again, according to, uh, you know, demonologists, it has to happen that way because they need other people to think you're crazy because if you're crazy, then it's not real. And if it's not real, then nobody will try to do anything about it. Yeah. So they target people. And what Lorraine always told me is that it's like a house with a bad foundation is that if there's any cracks, things are going to get in there. Mm -hmm. Pests are going to get in. And that's how the demons work. Mm, Interesting. Scary. Yeah. (laughs) Have you, have you ever seen anyone possessed? I think I've seen people under intense oppression, Hmm. um, which is the step before possession, according to the Catholic church. And it's, that's when you see people maybe go into these bouts of, you know, blacking out, yeah, uh, not acting right, not acting who, who they normally are. I, there were two cases I was on that we believe there was some, lo- one we think was an infestation. It was actually the first case I met Lorraine. And it was so funny because I remember meeting her for the first time. I was so scared to meet her because on one hand, this is the woman I've read about. This is the woman I've seen like shows about. Mm-hmm. And on the other hand, I'm like, she works with demons. What the fuck? <laughs> like, you know what I, mean? <laughs> I don't know if I want to do this. And um, the other case was uh, like a year later. Both these cases, this is really wild. I was interviewing somebody and uh, the first one felt like I had drunk like a, like an entire handle of vodka. I was in the middle of this interview and it just felt like instant like I was drunk and I couldn't focus. I couldn't um, pay attention to anything. Like it was that in- whole body feeling. And we had a rule in PRS that I follow to this day. Like I won't drink 24 hours before I go to work. Mm. And it's not like I'm a big drinker anyway, but I, during those times I was at the, like the number two party school in America. So like, <laughs> the, the policy needed to be there. Um, the second time I was interviewing this woman, talking to her and it was like I was tripping because the whole wall behind her started to melt. Oh shit. When I asked Lorraine about that, she said, you're being psychically attacked by the demons because they want to throw you off course. They want to get you out of that house because you're trying to stop what they're doing. Interesting. They're like, hit, hit it with the vodka. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the spiritual vodka. <laughs> give her give her some acid. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, it was weird. And it's so, but I, you know, I have those experiences and it makes me, even though when you and I were at Bobby Mackey's, we didn't have those experiences. Yeah. It makes me think not every single person is lying. Yeah. Like maybe, maybe there's one or two. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just throwing out if, a number. Even out of a thousand, if one yeah. person is like, no, I had this experience. It's irrefutable to me. Yeah. Then that's something. Right. And that's what I'm saying. Like with Bobby Mackey's, there are too many people that have come forward that, I think are credible and I know other people met that think are credible. You met people that you thought were credible when we were there Yeah, that it's just, it's too much to be nothing. Yeah, Even if it ends up being explainable someday, something's happening at Bobby Mackey's. I think one of these days I'll probably have to go back there alone. Like just do like a regular ghost hunt without cameras and just kind of see if it's a different vibe. 
Yeah. Man, just kind of go off the beaten path. I'll go with you. Yeah, we'll do it. Okay. Next time we're in uh, Northern Kentucky. <laughs> Which is all the time. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> all righty. Well, um, that was episode uh, two, uh, Bobby Mackey's, uh, what's the full name? Yeah, Bobby Mackey's Music World in Wilder, Kentucky. Uh, Katrina, thank you so much. Thank you. Um, and if you're listening, please, uh, or if you're watching, click subscribe, like, like the page, do all that fun YouTube stuff. And, uh, you can find this podcast everywhere where you can get podcasts. So, uh, yeah, thanks for listening and thanks for the support and, uh, Katrina till next time. Till next time, my friend. High fives. High fives. <laughs>